Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to Three Peas in a Pod, episode 206. We made it. We did. We are well past 200. Yes. So um, we're going to have to, uh, Ed tells us we're going to have to spur him on today. <laughs> Uh, this is our this is our third uh, podcast that we recorded. But not to good deeds, to stay no, awake. To stay awake. <laughs> we need to spur him on. To stay engaged. To stay awake. Like you know. That's what spurs this. are for, you know. That is true. <laughs> Get you going. That Get you going. You ain't yeah. moving. For those of you that don't know, we, we record three sometimes uh, of these podcasts <laughs> in, a, in a row. And uh, so it takes sometimes some goading to get Ed to... Uh, I'm already tired. And, and I will say, it's getting warm in this room. It is. It is. It it is. is. That little sleep not like, form. But not like sweaty hot, like just comfortable. Like I comfortable, I'd like to take a nap. Yeah. I thought when you it's said... It's a for, good thing these chairs are terrible. I thought when you said, for those of you who don't know, I thought you were going to explain what spurs were. No. To me, for those of you who don't know, this is the now the Cowboy Podcast. No, no not going to explain Western, that. Western, there are cowboy churches. There are. Cowboy churches, are. Western church. I think there's a cowboy church here in, in local somewhere. There's a cowboy church in... Uh, not Spalding County, but the one below that. I can't think of the name. Okay, of I knew there was one somewhere because I remember someone mm. at our church who went to one, but I can't remember what. Oh, you know, I, well, I won't say who it was, but it's someone that we know that moved to a, uh, to Colorado, and the, the church that he ended uh, up going out to there was also a cowboy yeah, church. that's right. And at one point, I think he went to the one here as well. Mm. I'm sure they're all fine. They just the, the idea makes me cringe a little bit, but yeah. I'm sure they're fine. I've never, I've never, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing other than being a cowboy. The church is awesome. The yeah. church is the church, wherever, that's, however. That's exactly true. Exactly right. So yeah. I'm not going to say I don't know that. what the distinction right. is. So uh, I have a question here. And the and the other reason that Ed said we need to keep him in, engaged is he said, I don't know how much I got to say about this. But yeah, I'm, I'll talk about what y'all talk about. I have We have not uh, dealt with this question before. So here it is. Let's see. Did, any, did they put their name? Nope. This is anonymous. So here's the question. Can you please explain a little on anointing oil? Mm -hmm. Someone recently asked me if I had any, and if I didn't, that I should. <laughs> they went on to say that all Christians should have some and should use it. I think of it as only biblical like prophets and disciples. Were they right? Should we be using it? When and where and how? Or is it just a historical thing? And they also would like to say thank you and congratulations on number 200. So the first thing I thought when I heard you read it, I remember reading the question, but it always sounds different when someone reads it out loud. Of course. But so when you read it out loud, it changed it. When you said the thing that the person said, if you don't have any, you should get some. Does the person sell the anointing oil? <laughs> is, that, is that the person? You know, I, I, I have some. I don't have any dog in the I do own the company that makes the anointing oil. Come yes. over here. I've got something you need to see. <laughs> So <laughs> this oil ain't like that oil. No, no. That's right. That olive oil you got in your pantry. No, 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 no. It ain't gonna work. Do we want to start? Because I also didn't remember that was the beginning of explaining anointing oil, just yeah. in general, like a brief explanation of why. Do it's, we? Well, I don't know. They asked the question. That was the question, wasn't it? Is can you explain it? Well, and I was telling the guys before we started. Honestly, when it comes down to prescriptive Bible passages that talk about this in the New Testament that are, are applicable for the church and church life. I really only know of one passage that we can point to. It's in the book of James where mm -hmm. James exhorts the people that he's talking to. He says, for those of you, when you are sick, if you're sick, 
Go to the elders of the church. Mm -hmm. They will then anoint you with oil and then pray over you, and their prayer will heal the person who is sick. And so other than that, I mean, there are lots of passages in the Bible where we see kings being anointed with oil sure. in the, in the uh, nation of Israel. Prophets were anointed. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also a time when the disciples were sent out by Jesus mm-hmm. and they uh, healed the sick, and it does mention that they did anoint them with oil. But the, I don't think there's a very clear place in Scripture that says, look, if you're going to pray for somebody, you got to have this oil on hand. Because, And this is the thing that we, all three of us, I think, fear for people is we don't think it's wise for you to get into a, a superstitious mm-hmm. kind of approach yeah. to this. Like, if I don't have this substance with me, then for some reason my prayers aren't going to work or God will not bless me or God won't listen or some kind of thing right. like that. That is more akin to, well, that's a paganism. It's paganism. Right. It's or that pretty. there's some power itself within the oil. Well, oh, but that oil. is paganism. Oh, paganism know. is, I don't have to trust this. I don't have to believe it. I just do what the thing, I can quote the incantation, you know, and this thing's going to, this supernatural thing's going to happen. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's like, and we talk about this in the, in the practice of baptism. I mean, we've said this very clearly. There's no magic in the water. Right. Mm -hmm. By you going down in the water and coming out, you're not having some magic take place or some, Mm -hmm. you know, supernatural thing happen within the water. It, it is a it is a rite, of course, of the Christian faith, but it is not a like you said a superstitious kind of ritualistic thing that possesses power in and of itself. That's mm-hmm. right. Apart mm-hmm. from God's word, the act of a good conscience before God. Peter go. says, mm-hmm. "Baptism is the answer right. of a good conscience before." So God. I see this as the same thing. Not, and I wouldn't go so far as to say, "Oh, it, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything." No. But I, but I don't think we should go to the other extreme of saying that it is absolutely necessary. You got to get some, and it's got to be this certain kind of oil. And yeah, you can go down that road, and just you can go some to crazy land. Well, I think even the passage in James is interesting in that it's also in the context of confess your sins one to another, and pray for one another, and you'll be healed. Those that's the verses right before. That's it. right. Mm-hmm. And that some of this thought about the healing is that there is some might be some sickness. Well, we know for sure, Paul says, the reason some of you are in Corinth are sick and dying is because you've been taking the Lord's Supper in mm. the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And uh, James may be referring to the same thing. There's some things you've been doing wrong, and there are consequences to that, and you need to go to the elders, confess what you've been doing, have them pray for you, and you'll be healed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not just any random, hey, you were born blind, yeah. go get the guys to... That's right. I think what we find, though, is I was, I was just scrolling through some passages of Scripture before we started here, I think the majority of what we see in the scriptures is is this anointing oil is really an image that helps mm-hmm. convey mm-hmm. an idea to the person who's participating right. in this. And it really is symbolic of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. That's right. Throughout Scripture. That's right. And so I think there are lots of these places. We talked about baptism. You just mentioned communion. These these uh, physical uh, emblems I don't, even, I don't like the word symbols because I think that does go a little, I don't know. Anyway, these physical things that we are provided, that God gives us, that he invites us to engage with, mm-hmm. that then puts us in touch in a in a sort of a physical sense of the Spirit of God at work right. in the world. It's really for our benefit. Mm-hmm. It's more than it is for like a key to unlock God. That's right. You know, I, I've never 
never taught that, you know, if you eat and drink the communion, you are literally having some kind of mystical now you you and God are one of some kind of way in in a, in a way that the scriptures don't teach. But again, it is like a physical touch point that helps me to be in, engaged and in touch with something that I think God mm-hmm. wants us to experience in in this life. So I think this is yeah. in that vein, right? Yeah, I think there's a sacramental. I think that's that's yeah. a good word to say good what word. you're saying of yeah. There, there is a symbolic nature of it, it but there's also something actual that is That's taking right. place. There That's is right. a, it's a both end. You know, um, you know. I think communion is a good example. You already said baptism is an example of that. Mm-hmm. Baptism is both a symbolic representation, but we believe there is something that actually spiritually is taking place when That's a person right. chooses to say, mm-hmm. "I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to be baptized." That if it's merely symbolic, it seems a little silly. Then that we mm-hmm. would say, "Oh, you need to be baptized." All right. But we do believe there's an actual thing. But does that mean then I have to do it in this, you know, you know, it, with these precise words, with these pre- well, that may be going too far onto yeah. one side. There is something in between. We think communion is the same kind of mm-hmm. way. It's sacramental. It is symbolic. Mm-hmm. But to say it's solely symbolic also feels there symbolic. is a way that God inhabits this space mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, and so, and there's a mystery to all of those yes. kind of things. Now, to get to the part about... <laughs> Um, anointing oil and all of those kind of things. There certainly is a history in ancient Israel of anointing oil, which would make sense to me then why the church, which is primarily Jewish, um, when it begins, at least as far as the writing of the New Testament, it is still primarily Jewish, that those things may still hold some kind of sacramental value to them because it symbolically means something to them in the same way that when Paul writes about meat sacrificed to idols, there's almost something, and I wouldn't say sacramental, but almost like a negatively sacramental thing to them, mm-hmm. that to Gentiles who would have grown up eating the meat sacrificed to idols, that it held some deeper meaning that connected them in some spiritual way. He goes, hey, if that's still affecting you in that way, you probably need to not do this. because." And he doesn't just go, you need to change your thought pattern about it and it'll all be fine. He's saying, no, you're actually engaging with something that's not helpful, where the the Jewish Christians wouldn't have that same connection, so you're fine, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's that balance of symbolic mm-hmm. and actual. I can see why maybe throughout the early church, this idea of anointing oil still held some sacramental value. Yeah. For, and maybe to certain believers, well, it still holds some sacramental value. I was going to say It that. just is not, it is not so for me. It is not so for, I think, a large majority of American believers because it was not our experience. But I do know in some denominational traditions, that, and I have some in my family, it does continue to carry a lot of symbolic weight. And so I'm wondering, now that I've heard you, you know, explain it that way, not that it's an absolute must kind of thing, but yes. for some people, it's certainly not something that sh- I should say is prohibited. No, and no, I would not prohibit it yeah. unless you think it is a superstition That's right. and you have tied it like the meat sacrificed to idols mm-hmm. to what we were saying, paganism, yeah. and you call it God, but it's really paganism mm-hmm. of if I pour this on, God's gonna make something happen. Yeah. If the reason that and you were saying before, you know, there are some believers who use it during prayer. Yeah. If it's part of, hey, this is a way of me setting aside this time mm-hmm. to and it helps my heart and soul and mind engage in the way that 
I use, and I say in our morning prayer time, I have a candle, and Molly on our other podcast always jokes about it. I like three wick candles for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. I like when I light it, say in the name of the Father, yep. the Son, Holy Spirit. It becomes a reminder to me. Yeah. This, this, the Trinity is with me. Mm-hmm. I'm here in this presence. And even this morning, I was telling them before, as I'm doing the morning prayer, the wicks all got to the point where they all died off. And halfway through, the light went out. And, you know, jokingly to myself, yeah. I said, uh-oh, Trinity left. Yeah. But I know there's some people who've come to me and said, why do you light the candle? Mm-hmm. Is there something, is yeah. there something, should I be lighting candles? Well, there's a danger anytime we do yeah. anything consistently that people want to attach value to it that right. it doesn't have to That's do. That's right. It's one of the reasons I've always... I'm not enforced it, but I like that we change things around here because traditions that don't have to be mm-hmm. take on a meaning that they shouldn't take on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there are people that just feel like, I can't do this if I don't do this in this way exactly. I'm not honoring God. No, you're not honoring the way you've always done it, but that doesn't mean you're doing it right in any mm-hmm. way. And it doesn't. And, you know, I was sitting thinking about part of the person's question of saying every Christian ought to and all of that. Right. I was just sitting thinking, even the disciples, you know, Peter and John are going to the temple to pray and the guy's got to be healed. It doesn't say, they, they say, silver and gold, I do uh, have I none, but I do have this oil. That's right. And they, it costs $99. They, they, <laughs> they didn't say, I have yeah. anything. So in the name of Jesus Christ, and they anointed him with oil and then he was healed. Yeah. They also, and Jesus isn't walking around with mm-hmm. oil. And I know people go, well, Jesus, do whatever. Well, that's, of course, true. Mm-hmm. And maybe you set the apostles aside. But if it were the way to get people healed, right. it would be really, really, really clear. Mm-hmm. Yes. It just, didn't, it just isn't that clear. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that the part that is clear, that the, the only place that I can say it says, call for the elders of the church, they will anoint you with oil, that people... They don't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. And that there's you know, how many times have our elders at Community Christian done this? More than we used to. We, you know, yeah. I can remember, and and honestly, I've seen some people healed through it. I can yeah. remember the end yeah. because there, we uh, there was a lady who was who had lung cancer that I can think of, and uh, her son was an elder, mm-hmm. and she asked that all of us would come and pray. And before we prayed, we did the part where it says, confess your sins one another. And, and he said to her, are you ready to confess that you've smoked most of your life and that it may be time for you to stop smoking before we pray that you'd be healed of lung cancer? Ooh, nice. He, his, her son, and yeah. she, she come to, came to our church and she did. Mm. And she did. She stopped smoking. She had lung cancer. And she was healed. Wow. She did not die from lung cancer, mm. and she lived a good many more years. Oh. But it's that part. I mean, that's, the scripture is all, it's all tied together. Now, that's I've right. done that with other people. I've prayed with the elders, done the whole thing, and people haven't been healed. Of course. So Because it's not a magic formula. That's right. Well, and, and I think that's the part I, was, I, I, I would hope to get across is I think there are two, two non-helpful ways to look at spirituality, and I'd say Christian spirituality in general. Mm-hmm. There's, We've already talked about the superstitious way. There's the superstitious way, I got a formula, I say the thing. There's then this other side, and I could even hear it in the way you were you were struggling of, I don't want to say it's just symbol. Mm-hmm. There's another way that's just, everything's just symbol. That's right. God's not really even involved in all that. We do it because it helps us. It's like when I, 
talk with people who have studied, you know, and I know you've done a lot of like study on uh, neurochemicals and all that. And when they, yeah. when they talk about, you know, the reason that when we hug people, it's good is because it produces that cuddle hormone, sure. you know, and it, and it makes you feel good. There's a cuddle hormone. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that, it's not, that's that. not what it is. No. There's one that comes by different, lots of different physical ways. activity. Uh, okay. But my point oh, is, my goodness, I have missed out on a lot. <laughs> and what I always think every time is, and I'm, that is helpful, and I'm sure there are a lot of scientific things that have come, breakthroughs that have come from knowing about those different chemicals. That is not the reason I hug my wife. That's right. no, that is right. not the reason I, I, I hug people. I do that. There, you know, that, that is almost a naturalistic way of taking humanity and bringing it down to this evolutionary science of the reason we do all these things is because of the chemicals in our body and the chemicals. I believe God puts those things there on purpose to help us and to heal. When you cry, yes, it releases these things. There are other reasons you cry as well, though. There is something, it is not solely, you are not solely chemicals and brain patterns and, you know, neurology and all these different things. We also are spiritual beings. There is a spiritual dimension to life. So when you talk about, sometimes I've done this, and we've, and we've prayed and it healed people. Sometimes it doesn't, mm -hmm. right? This, this is the mystery that we are called to live into is that we have an active, relational, interactive God. And he has told us, approach me in these ways. Well, uh, approach me in these patterns. Mm -hmm. Not because they're superstitious formulas, nor because solely, hey, this, because I've heard people talk about religion this way. It's it's only for your, it's not doing it. You pray yeah. because it helps you think the right things. And it's no different than meditation. And, you know, people who meditate get the same benefits. That isn't solely what, those benefits may also come. But we are also interacting with an actual being, a God who has the power to heal. And sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. And he's not waiting for the anointing oil to get it done. Well, yeah, I think that's the important thing. I, it, the God revealed to us by Jesus is a person who is wanting to help and heal and love and give. So he isn't locked behind a door that we have to get him out of. That's right. He isn't locked away and only, only you know... <laughs> anointing oil and turning of a key and saying three phrases and getting something in the right way with the right tone somehow unlocks him. He is a God who moves toward us. And just like we see revealed in Jesus, where Jesus will say to some people, hey, it's not my time. And then he does it anyway. Mm -hmm. And he says to the one woman, I've been sent to the nation of Israel. And she goes, but don't even the dogs. And she's she's trying to play with him. Mm -hmm. She's trying to just say, hey, I see the power you got. All I need is a little crumb. Give me a crumb. And he's like, wow, that's a huge amount of faith. Okay, mm -hmm. got it. Mm -hmm. You know, the God, the God we are told about in Jesus that is the heart of Christianity is a God that is for us, who is with us, who wants to move toward us. And if we come to him genuinely in faith, he will do what is best for us and the people that are around us. It may involve getting exactly what we ask for. Mm but it may not. may not. That's right. And we have to accept that he is a good father who does not give bad gifts to his children. That's right. Well, already. And, and that's, that comes down to trusting and to stop thinking some way yeah. I can lock him in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, Nobody wants to be backed in a corner yeah. 
And if you have all power, you don't have to be backed into any corner. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yep. That's right. Okay. Well, I hope that clears it up, uh, or at least gives you some context to think about that topic mm-hmm. within uh, whoever it was that uh, challenged you on that of keeping some anointing oil. So I guess, you know, summary is, you know, if you want to do that, fine, but I think beware. the answer to it, should every believer have it? No. No, that's right. There I is no should around no this. Should. And I for sure wouldn't do it because somebody told me I should. Yes. yes. If I can't do it in absolute faith, I am, yeah. I'm making God less than he is. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I, to me, that's not very honoring. Yeah, my personal advice to you, based on the context I have from this, in that this is this is not something that means anything to you. Mm-hmm. It does no good for you. You shouldn't get it because I think you will be led towards superstition yeah. more than the other way. Uh, the our context on the other part was if someone grew up with this as part of their thing, and that that's not you. That's yeah. not your. It's not. We would not prohibit it. But I would certainly say if if you were sitting in front of me and you were someone I cared about, I would say, mm, this feels a little superstitious. It, your desire to get it feels a little superstitious. I would I would stray away from that because you might be leaning more into a paganism thing. Um, and, and here's the I'll just in this, we, we certainly are often wrong. <laughs> uh, I have more than enough experience to know I have been wrong a lot. Mm-hmm. You should ask whoever this is to explain to you why they think God mm, needs oil. Mm-hmm. And if they can give you an answer that sounds like the way you would have had to approach Jesus to get healed, then maybe that makes sense. But they, they may very well know something we don't know. Sure. sure. And just ask them, why do you think Jesus needs me to have oil to answer my prayer? And we kind of touched on this, but, you know, uh, you've heard us say our elders are available to pray with you. Mm. Yes, absolutely. If that's somewhere that you, if you are in that place and you're wondering about that, contact us. Uh, we'd be more than happy to help you and uh, whatever you need. We want to serve you in that way. So reach out to us. And as always, if you have other questions you want us to answer, link is in the description. Go there, send it in. Uh, next week, we will be talking about uh our personal experiences when it comes to miracles. Mm -hmm. So might get a little interesting. Right. Or it might not. Yeah. Yeah, Because we're not not very interesting. Yeah, that's right. Or I'm not. I haven't haven't had all the experiences that there are to have. Me neither. That's true. So come back next week. We'll see you then. Have a great one. Bye.